Houston, we have a problem. Good morning, Murray Walker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the other six. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Like the heart rate of skyrocketing. Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Good afternoon, Radio G'day, viewers, and... Welcome to folks welcoming us to episode 240 of Radio Hot Lap. Welcome viewers and welcome John. I'm glad you could join me. To what do we owe this pleasure of your company? Sunday night after the first round of Car of the Future at Adelaide, Radio Hot Lap's going to dissect what's been going on. With uh, Solar Geezer, who's... Uh, Stacey Kona. Stacey Kona. And uh, perhaps... And JP. Perhaps, but probably not. Because he's uh, come in at a moment to, um, before he goes, uh, to uh, deliver some special shampoo. And, and some wise and some and some wise and penetrating observations on today's activities at the record-breaking Clipsal. Yes, apparently, ninety-five thousand had to shut the gates not long after the start of the V8 race. What? Because every but that basically everybody who was locked in were bored. Well, I don't understand. Why did they close the gates? Why can they only have ninety-five thousand? Don't know. Oh, never, heard a, never heard a reason before, but maybe it is. Before mm. we get on to that Radio Hot Lap, that light-hearted podcast that takes a look at technology, cool emerging barbecues, and fuck all of them, <laughs> according <laughs> to someone cool previously. And, 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 again, and, we, and a light-hearted look at motorsport, we, we, we both local and international. We have to apologise for not having done a show for a while because of ex- extraneous... Extenuating circumstances. Extenuating as such. What's that? Oh, just... What? You couldn't be fucked? No, his father passed away. Oh, thanks. I know that. (laughs) I was putting a humorous spin on a... Oh, sorry. I didn't realise you were joking then. I didn't think that was joking. What what about you, Solagos? Sensitivity of a baboon. I thought you were being genuine. We have have Solagos and Mark Bryant here on the show tonight. We do. It's Sunday night, and it's a good opportunity after we've had gone down and had... what, What I think is... Almost the equivalent, the equivalent of being in an Italian's house for pizza and, and, and snacks. A primo uh, pizzeria. Yeah, the like, but not fancy. No, no. Very good home style stuff. Solar geezer. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, we always eat well and drink well, too well. I have to add, mm. at, at new radio, new world headquarters of Radio Hot Lab. Indeed. We've never gone wanting for food or drink, have we? No. However, this year, um, the weather has been a little, I think, inclement as we started the event. 
wet on Wednesday, which yeah. is very unusual, and 23 degrees both uh, Thursday and Friday, which is unusual, followed by two days of almost oppressive heat. Yeah, 30, but with humidity. But with yeah. the humidity, which is uncommon in any yeah, other that, that cool change was a, a godsend. Was After more than two weeks of relentless heat, I was over it. True. It certainly was. But um, I'm sure we'll dissect the, the weekend that was. After I ask you, what are you having to drink tonight, folks? Something very different, and something very old-fashioned, old something I haven't had for many, many, many years. That's very Dr. Ennaldsy. A Canadian That's club, whiskey and dry. When was the last time anyone had whiskey and dried ginger ale? Oh, I think I had one last Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's not top of the pops, is no, it? No, it's not, no. Does it's it not take used to be, in one's years, yes, it was it very yeah. fashionable and very, very sophisticated. Yep. Does that take you back to sleazy night? The old scotch and dry. I'd like, I'd, like to be taken, I'd like to be taken back to sleazy nightclubs. I have fond memories. <laughs> but none of them will have him anyway. Even if you run it back uh, up there. Well, I'm the only person in the world. You. I'm probably yeah. the only person in the world who wants disco to make a comeback. Don't tell me, folks. You've still got a white suit hanging in the wardrobe, and it still fits with wide. It would fit. <laughs> it still would fit because everything I ever had <laughs> back in the day would still fit me now because I and haven't changed my him. shape. You can just no. see him sitting Probably there in a, a, a chair with a Chesterfield back. Lloyds of London so with a couple of swords <laughs> above with a wooden my boar's head on a piece of wood. Yeah. Yes. An axe would be handy. <laughs> I could think of I'd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time we buried the hatchet in your back. Anyway, moving right along. So my, my, the clipsal. My the clipsal. Hashtag the clipsal. My quick evaluation of it, and uh, everyone will have their own, no doubt, was uh, it's a six-letter word, starting with B, ending in G, and the first word, and there's a word before it saying still. Bollocking. Still boring. <laughs> and um, when they were celebrating the greatest margin that the winner ever should have been seen as, well, that's a failure. Uh, there was uh, there was um, more, there was heralding today that uh, the car seemed to be a lot better and I set up everybody set them up and they mm. were working together it was a little bit more of an interesting day and I suppose this is what you get when you're changing um, from car of the past to car of the future however last year Clips of 500 race the races were very boring and, and so was the Dunlop series races yes. because they were basically using the car of the past which were boring cars for last year it's almost like you can just do anything with them and they don't deflect or, unless they break something or you run into someone it's pretty hard to crash the damn things but anyway we ended up having saturday's first leg of the clips of the adelaide 500 was everything changed and nothing changed because at the end of it yeah who's on the podium two triple eight cars and one fpr car same the only FPR car in the top ten, incidentally. Yeah, but it was still, yeah. this, you know, I know you're right. everything had changed, but yeah. nothing had changed. So that was a bit grim, and um, you know, the Nissans and the Mercedes Benzes, you know, they made no impression as you would expect. As expected, yeah. So they were field fillers on this occasion. 
But Craig Lowndes got up and won, and that's always popular. He did it well. And for all the talk that, I mean, the drivers seem to like the car of the future chassis at the moment. It does seem to suit some drivers more than others. Craig Lowndes certainly was lapping it up on Saturday. Russell Lingle was lapping but, it up today. You know, for all the change and the new sophistications, you know, they've yes. got the transaxle and the independent rear end and bigger wheels and bigger brakes. No roll bar adjustment. Blah, blah, blah. Please, Neil Crompton, stop. Um, <laughs> the cars weren't faster. In fact, they were slightly slower. Yes. So they will get quicker as the development goes on, but it's just quite funny that with such a radical change and such a, a big upgrade that you would think would immediately make them quicker, um, they were, in fact, slightly slower. So that was Saturday. Um, oh, well... Right, there was a highlight on Saturday, though. Was there? Highlight on Saturday was... Oh, Gary Rogers Motorsport. No, in the development series. Oh, I was just going to get onto the Stoner series. Yes. Mm. Okay, the Stoner series. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, formally, yeah, formally known as the Dunlop series. It's now officially the Stoner series because that's not the only thing anyone's interested in and nobody else gets a mention. But, but he, you know... He, did, he started. He well, he started well in practice, and I think he set the eighth fastest yeah, time. Yeah. Um, not so great in qualifying. He qualified twelfth, but inexperienced. Saturday's race, he started well. Yeah. He, he was up to tenth, and then his inexperience showed in that he started locking up mm. the right front tire, and um, you know he didn't back it off quite enough, even though he thought he was going to try and nurse it home, and he ended up flat spotting the thing to death. Um, and as a consequence the thing walked through the canvas and it blew as he's flying through turn three so he whacked the wall apparently he smote it so hard John smote it. Yes, nice he fight. smote it yes. 4G was the impact recording right okay. 4 that's Stacey Cona yeah. yeah we're talking about the Stoner series John's Stoner series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's been recorded. Yeah, it is. Well, there's nothing else, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, if you did. Anyway, start... and it took them till 2 a.m. Saturday morning to fix it after Friday. Oh, right. He started on the rear of the. We're just summarising. He started on the rear, from the rear of the grid, the very tail of the grid, in 28th position in Saturday's race, um, and then we saw glimpses of his promise and potential because he carved his way through half the field, ended up 14th, brought it home wasn't locking brakes. So he learned. He's, I think he's a quick study. Um, he's now got two months to think about it because his next Stoner Series engagement isn't until um, the first weekend of May at Barbagallo Raceway, or, yes, in Perth. Um, so in the end, it was a more than decent um, car racing debut, not just V8 supercars. It was his first... They were his first ever car races. Oh, look, I think he did a very good job. I think it's great for the, the championship. We've talked mm. about that before, the attention moving mm. perhaps a little bit away from Car of the Future to uh, the Car of the Past, Dunlop Series. Sure. And we've never seen such a bumper. In fact, there were 30 cars, I think, as opposed to 30, 28 30. in the main game. Yeah, 30. 30 cars, yeah. 30 cars, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right, 30. Yeah, so, sorry, he, was, yeah, he, was th he started their second race in oh, 30th position. And... Uh, and where I was standing in um, thanks uh, to Rio Beam and uh, yep, uh, thanks, Gina, Gina and um, Gina <laughs> Gina, Gina and, uh, and Bill, and Bill uh, from Rio Beam and CRC Concrete uh, we've had a lovely stand there which we were on the out inside of the circuit on the left hand kink going on to Wakefield Road which uh, is a, a difficult piece of um, 
road for taxi drivers at the moment to navigate, considering they don't know anything about how to get around here. And the set navigation tells them to go through the middle. It was a very interesting place to be and watch what's going on. But Casey Stoner did come from last and moved up 16 places. Quite rightly, he should have got the media coverage. Uh, apart from being the media an interest, he was... In fact, it was actually great for him because he, he mm. crashed, but perhaps no fault through his own or just, hey, we're just learning stuff here. Oh, yeah. And um, it's not like he, like, screwed up and deflected um, and then came through the field and he was strong. But, and, uh, and, of course, he would be on the T8 car. Of course, with a double Moto GP champion, what else would you expect, Mark? A question. Mm. Uh, who's, um, whose car is he in? What, what X car was that? It's 2010 Lowndes car, the one oh, that Lowndes and Scaife yeah. won Bathurst. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty good Yeah, I know. He's got a serious weapon. Oh, yeah. But you know, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's 2010 or 2011 or 2012 car. I mean, the, the, no, no, but yeah, we're just that, explaining that, its provenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but quite so. For historically, that all the components that are bolted on are all fresh. Mm. And uh, uh, a, f a few years ago, I think two years ago at Bathurst, you would have seen... Fabian Coulthard come down and have a tyre, he had a tyre cut on the start line and as he turned into the chase on the first lap, barrel rolled through the sand trap. Now, everything was chucked into the, you know, yeah, the white blue yonder, yet that car was easily rebuilt, but I mean, it, they were designed to, they're designed to deflect energy and and, and so you just put new parts back on the thing, and so it doesn't really matter so much if it was a 2010 car or a 2011 car, as opposed to some of the more um, uh, life-threatening accidents, like Paul Radisich had had coming out of the chase, which has now been fixed. I think in fact, mm. the, the Bathurst 12-hour, we, yeah, we, we saw that for it, yeah. the first time, mm. folks. Mm. Where Radisich went off and ploughed into the tyre barrier. On the left-hand side. Broke his legs or his ankles. <laughs> me and then a couple of years later did the same at the top of the mountain went orbited straight in at McPhillamy and um, re-broke his ankles no just about but that's curtailed his racing activities very much so. and that's unfortunate because those uh, they, it's going to be painful for a, a man a but we digress we do so getting back to so we've done Stoner. But we do that. The Stoner series, yeah. just briefly. So we'll give him a pass. We'll give him a fat pass. We will. Yeah, no, no. We'll he's give him the, the, the best thing about I don't think he Stoner behaved well on media on television as well. He was good. And I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I've yet to... You, might, you have had more dealings with him than I have. But I... Um, and... Uh, <laughs> or less. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, fewer. More or less. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on his shit list. He won't talk to me directly. Because I wrote... Bad things about him at MotoGP last year. According, allegedly, according allegedly. to the people who tell you what he's thinking, not mm. directly. So mm. again, we have a level of interpretation. Yeah. Anyway, he's on my turf now, so he'll have to deal with me one day. He will have to. Mm. But he did good things for the series. Without no, a doubt, there were there were more it? people watching that race mm. yesterday than you've ever seen watching yeah. the development race at Clipsal. Um, usually, when do we get away from to the name? bar development series? Everything else. Why does it call the development series? Because that's what it's supposed to be. But it is not named the. It's development. actually not the development series. You know what it is? It's the hand me down series. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is that. Whatever it was good. They do. It's the hand me down mm. series. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, some, somebody won the round too, but I, you know, I defy anyone to know who actually won the round. The, the, one, the round was, was won by uh, Chaz Mosley. Yeah. Oh, I know, but no, literally nobody. I mean, it was, wasn't mentioned any of the stories. If, yeah. if Casey Hogg had won it, hogged the limelight, and it yeah. almost overshadowed, almost overshadowed the main game. And I just know from, you know, Fairfax Media, who I was covering for particularly the Sydney papers, they were just completely fascinated by Casey. That, you know, that was their big story from um, the opening of the V8 season. Was, That's a big was, coup for that series. Was, too, was Casey Stoner in, in, the, in, the, in the development series. It wasn't the main game. All right, well, let's move off that. Yeah. And, uh, let's, let's go back. No, let's, uh, let's actually... The car of the future. Yes, car and, future. And, and let's yes. How it all came alive on Sunday. And let's have a look at how each manufacturer uh, performed. Let's start... Uh, not in no particular order, um, Nissan uh, had a, a very enjoyable um, uh, a few moments. In fact, quite yeah. quite a chat, quite a, uh, extensive chat with uh, with with Darren Cox, who's the worldwide boss of Nissan Motorsport. Yeah. Um, Nismo division. Nismo. Nismo. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, and in fact, the architect of the PlayStation. Uh, Academy concept, which uh, yes. has brought gamers to life <laughs> into running uh, LMP2 cars, and in fact, folks, I believe uh, uh, Lucas Odon is the original uh, winner, ended up driving the Delta Wing. Did he? He did. And, Where? Uh, are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, I'm resting. Resting. Yeah. You, you, Not a resting. Conserving my resting. energy. When did he drive the? Um the Delta Wing. With At Gunner Pe Jeanette. Pe oh, Petit Le Mans, yes. Yeah. Uh. Um, and uh, very, very interesting and, and friendly character who was here with none other than International Pauly, who, of course, um, uh, had both his mobile phones broken, as he would. With but he's the new stuff. PR guru for Nissan Motorsport Worldwide. Yes. So Darren Cox was out here, as you rightly pointed out, he was just to have a look at the program firsthand because it's an important program. It's not just a Nissan Australia Motorsport program. It's actually been integrated into Nissan's um, worldwide international motorsport programs. Um, it has some importance in the overall scheme of things. And Nissan, as we've seen recently, are ramping up their motorsport. Their target is to go back to Le Mans in 2014 next year with a Garage 56 entry that has some sort of electric engine assistance so it'll be even more freedom than 56 yeah but it'll be some form of hybrid car but, but a different sort of hybrid not not the ones that we're used to seeing there with Audi and, and Toyota so that's exciting they've been bitten by the innovation bug that they're exposed to with the Delta Wing last year so Nissan are getting quite serious about things. Uh, they'll be back as an interim this year again, of course, powering every LMP2 car, basically, 17 of... <laughs> probably 17. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but anyway, but to have, again. No, have, but to have the big boss of Nissan Motorsport out here was important. Oh, it, and, it's, uh, it shows the importance of it. The team, you know, let, you know, without detailing each car, but, you know, they had their teething problems and their trials and tribulations, but... Overall, for Nissan, their results, which I think their best result was in the sort of, you know, around, I don't know, 13th or something, 
you know, that's about reflective of where the team should be. They've had a year to develop this car, and that seems a long time, but for the scale of the project when you're developing a brand new engine, you know, it was, you know, they only just got there by the skin of their teeth. So, you know, just above midfield was a pretty good effort for one of the cars. They've got reliability issues, you know, and like many other teams, they had problems with the, with the transaxle transmission and they had some power steering issues and other things and then eventually they got caught in the post-safety car carambolage in the last race and ran into each other, not their own fault. Uh, Rick Kelly and Todd Kelly did some damage. But, you know, it was a decent effort for first time and they'll improve. Um, and they did a lot better than the, the three-car Mercedes effort, which, you know, I mean... Well, yeah, what can you expect of, you know three to four months and they had some issues although mainly in the second in the last in the second race it was mainly ECUs which is a standard control item but obviously they're still getting to grips with how to make the engine control unit speak to the engine and its management system um, so they were basically at the back of the field pretty much you know with um, the occasional foray into the you know into the high teens, but that's that's all you would expect, you know. And, and I've maintained all along, if these new cars had been competitive and up the front and battling with the Commodores and yeah, you know, with the front-running Commodores and Falcons, there'd be something wrong. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to, be able to just walk in um, and take over. Uh, and I don't want to go away from the subject of car of the future, but it, and, but what's on my mind is I, I was surprised. Well, not surprised, but pleasantly. Uh, surprised as uh, to look at the quality of the workmanship inside the the Nissan cars. I, mm. I had a look inside James Moffat's car and I actually had a touch chat to James on the on the grid. Very very high level attention to detail, soft well, touch we controls. We could see the front uh, like with, with the bonnet up and what the uh, and uh, a, a major difference between the engine mounting very heavily reset almost yeah. sports sedan for the Nissans compared to the Mercedes, but. Just back on to Delta Wing for a moment. Interesting that there has been a whole change there as well. In the last couple of days, uh, Delta Wing has now will be at Sebring uh, run. Um, I think we we talked a little bit about it before mm -hmm. that it had moved away from um, the, the, the the Ben Bowlby Dan Gurney um, uh, Nissan uh, sorry Nissan slash Highcroft operation now to be Mazda powered. Michelin also disappearing to now with Bridgestone coming in, Mazda drivetrain, uh, Andy Merrick, and uh, I'm not sure the other driver, Pla or something, and Dave Price, I understand. Running it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm, it'd be interesting to see how that goes, but whether. I thought to myself today as I was walking down the, the road with Darren there, thinking, I, I said, um, I have a feeling that people might think that the Delta Wing would always be associated with Nissan. Mm. And he went, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, and that was just his, uh, yeah, and, um, you know. Well, that project's been ruined. You know my opinion on that. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and at best, the rest of our views are left unsaid mm. on that. Well, there is a, a feeling of consistency. So, back to the race. Ruinous. Yeah, no, back to... Um, back to let's move on to the uh, Mercedes. 
uh, what did you think of uh, the Mercedes? Certainly looked at the, uh, the um, oh, JP's going home. I'm going home, viewers. Good night. See you, JP. See you, mate. Catch you next time. Yeah, we'll just man. pause you for a sec and see you later. Hang on. See you, mate. Right, see you. Good to see you. Sorry about that, viewers. JP, it's been a long weekend and uh, JP has to go home. Um, well, as I was saying, yeah, just, the Mercedes. I, I noticed the metal. I, the thing I noticed about the Mercedes was how they had someone has obviously gone through like a fine. I don't know what do you call those? It's like a high-speed drill, and it's going patterning all over the front of the engine block. So it's probably a lightweighting mechanism. Sounded interesting, know. but it appeared to have the least reliability of all three. Yeah, brands, they struggle. Four brands. Yeah. No, no. Not one of the three finished the second race, and they weren't fast. Um, but as I said before, they were they were where you would expect them to be. They had they could have no expectations of being anywhere near the midfield on a sustained basis, much less near the front with so little development. So, but again, they will improve. I, I'm not convinced they'll improve as much or as quickly as the Nissans. Um, because you've got this melding of the old SBR Stone Brothers Racing Team, which has been absorbed into Erebus Motorsport, and so you've got a mixture of not only new staff but you know very different cultures, um, and they've taken a big risk on Maro Engel, who's a handy driver, GT driver and sports car driver, but you know he's got a big learning curve in these cars, and you and you. It was reflected in his performances, you know. Um, we haven't actually done a podcast since the Thursday leading into the Bathurst 12 hour, which it's fair to say, was, to say was, I thought, an absolutely great event. Um, and, and Erebus did a very, very good good operation there. That well, they did. Because their, their AMG customer support mm. seemed to work better for them there. Oh yeah, well, when they had AMG, and people. I don't know what they did with GT here. Did they win their GT races? I think so. Yes. Well, I, I, well, I did see the Cl Christian Kling won at least one race. Their new GT driver. So, um, sorry, viewers, we weren't really paying attention to that. There was a lot else going on. So, in the end, although it was looking like a Shane Van Gisbon runaway, the second leg of the Clipsal 500. We'll go back. He won pole position for Saturday, but then basically threw it away by selecting neutral before the start and getting away very tardily. Um, and then eventually, um, he's buried back in the field, and eventually the transmission and oil line to the transmission broke, so that brought him to a halt. But he rebounded, won pole position for the second race, and you know, apart from pit stops, and that was, was pretty much never headed. And he, he won he won it well. And it's a good story because, you know, with the whole, the whole drama and controversy of him quitting the sport at the end of last year, you know, con claiming burnout and disillusionment, and then suddenly he's back. And not only is he back, but he's you know, defected from Ford and joined Holden. And there's, you know, there's much resentment and anger from both the fans, not to mention... Ross Stone of Stone Brothers Racing, who gave him a release, and suddenly he's back in. He had he been driving a Mercedes, he'd be clean nowhere. Well, in contravention of of his release, so there's there's in the background there's 
you know, looming legal action against Van Gisbergen. So his future this sea for this season is very much under a cloud. But his win today has, of course, validated his decision to leave Stone Brothers Racing. You know, and as it became clear afterwards, the real reason he he quit the sport or quit the team and allegedly quit the sport was because, not because so much of burnout and disillusionment, in fact, nothing to do with that at all. It simply was. He was not happy at Stone Brothers and he didn't want to stay around and be lumbered with this brand new untried Mercedes and this whole new structure under Erebus Motorsport. So he just wanted to get the hell out of there. This has come out later. And um, he's decided to go with Techno Autosports, which is a small family-owned team and with not much sponsorship. Well, Shane's car is the only one of the two that's actually got a sponsor in VIP Pet Foods. Um, but it's a triple eight car. And we saw how important that is because, you know, he beat the factory triple eight cars today. You know, he led home Jamie Wincup and Craig Lowndes. So it, it was a big change. He was the first new winner in, you know, that was the 35th race going back 15 months. This is the first one that was won by someone other than a Triple Eight or an FPR driver. You know, I. Uh... But he's in a Triple Eight car, so, you know, <laughs> even one that's run on a low budget, as long as you just take it as they give it to you and run it properly, you know, you, you now, under Car of the Future rules, and this is reasonably significant. You know, a small team has a chance of, chance of challenging, challenging, and I don't know if this will be on a consistent basis, but, you know, Van Gisbergen has always been fast, um, also very flighty, but, you know, today he proved rock solid. So it was an interesting result, and Gary Rogers Motorsport have probably been... They did a very good performance. In both races, you know, Primar didn't last very long, but McLaughlin finished in the top ten somewhere, didn't he? And... What's the dog's doing? Oh, the dog's rusty, rusty sausage. Just hang on. I don't know. She wants to take that up there. For the dog's just going to hang on. Come on, dogs. Here you go. Just, can you just get What's up? What's she trying to do? Roll oh, up the mat? It's just, just, just dogs being dogs. Mm. Come on. Uh, <coughs> no, no. Stop it. No, no, no. What have she got to do? That's just what, what dogs do. What's she doing? What? Why? What's uh, that about? Just, I don't think she is. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, Gary Rogers Motorsport were, were competitors. Scott McLaughlin, the young Kiwi kid, another one, along with Van Gisbergen, who's um, showed remarkable maturity and composure in his drive. And uh, Gary Rogers Motorsport have got a very effective car. They were both competitive all weekend. And McLaughlin, particularly the reigning Dunlop Series champion, he's clearly a star of the future. Yeah, because he is very a star few. Of the V8 main game rookies come in and, and perform so strongly right And he's the, the babyface Nelson, isn't he? And, you know, we haven't had a babyface like that since Craig Lands turned up and challenging John Bow that yeah, well, many, yeah, many years ago. Interesting you say that. Someone made the point today that he's, he looks the most, at this day, the most promising and effective newcomer since perhaps Lowndes. Yeah, yeah. The and he could, be a, he, he could be the babyface assassin. <laughs> Don't, don't make him not win Bathurst. <laughs> yes, that's right. Put in the curse and, um, but yeah, uh, uh, or, or run his own team. But it's interesting, you know. Just 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 on that note, just just before I forget, what? I thought that the VIP pet food car 
was the most the best design on TV. It just, I don't know, it's simple. It's yellow and black, but mm. they just, it just yeah, worked right. right. And, the, and the Gary Rogers Fujitsu cars have got that right day glowness mm. that we haven't perhaps seen for a few seasons mm. that also work. Well, again, they're both cars that use primary colours effectively. You know, the Giz's car is yellow and black, but you can't get any more but primary you, than that. You, and, you, and the Gary Rogers is a new version that's just basically fire engine red. But it just works on TV. It and, does. And, and as, as you well know, that uh, Ferrari and, and all the Formula One teams do, you know, television, you know, uh, palette tests mm -hmm. to determine what that colour in real life will look like when delivered on NTSC or Power mm. or CCAM networks yeah. and different resolutions. So it, it, just, it was just something yeah. that. Anyway, if he gets to keep his drive and. I'm convinced there will be a legal challenge sooner than later um, for breach of contract of his release. But if he keeps his drive, I think Van Gisbergen is going to be a, a surprise contender for the championship. And I, and, and I say surprise because, honestly, and until this performance today, I just had no confidence that he, that he had the ability to string it all together for a long race, but he did it over 250 kilometres today, and he was well, flawless. He, didn't, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he was flawless. He, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't uh, falter once. That's not the first time that Techno has won a race. They won. It is. Uh, no, uh, Jonathan Webb won the Homebush. Yeah, but in a DJR race. car, it wasn't Techno Autosports. Oh, then. was he? No. In 2011. End of 2011. No, no it was the first. The first year of. Homebush, it was Homebush. 2009. John O'Webb. Or 10. No, it was because we went out in the green car. So it was 2000 mm. Anyway, he was driving for DJR then, so it wasn't his own team. But yes, he won a race, that's true. It was, it was that madcap race where it rained and it all, it, it, it all oh, went out of control. Oh, Techno hadn't established at that no. point. Okay, fair no. enough. They only right. started their own operation last year. <clears throat> but they've got a strong engineering team, even though they're small under Bruce Jenkins, who's ex-Formula 1, ex-International, smart engineer and a strong triple eight package and they're proving it if you just take the triple eight package and leave it alone don't mess around with it like paul morris did a couple of years ago yeah. under the new rules at the moment while well, everything's settled down i mean this, this will pan out looking and, down and the, the big teams you know will, will prevail but you know and along with jr they proved that you've got a shot at the moment so make hay while the sun shines okay looking down the group before we get on to um uh, we'll get on to the uh, Ford Holden sort of scenario and give them a, a tick of the box here and there. Who are the customer? Who are the customers of Triple Eight? Techno Auto Sports, which is Shane Van Gisbergen and Jonathan Webb, yep. and Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. With and that's Scott Pye. Scott Pye, who is that a Triple Eight, who's a Triple Eight driver. He's on secondment, and Dean Fury. In the I account. thought there were eight cars being built. No. Okay. So it is in the, in the, in the and they're all yeah. Holdens on the Ford side of yeah. things. Is anyone building customer Ford cars? And no. you mentioned offline tonight to me about um, you actually can go to should there be a, a, a racing entitlement contract available for you to buy, the, abil a rec the ability for you to be able to compete, which you won needs, mm -hmm. uh, limited by numbers. Um, you can actually get a, a generic blueprint about how to, how to build it. You can actually get a kit from a company called Pace Innovations. Mm. 
Yeah, well, for the chassis, which is the, the platform and the roll cage, that's a, a standard specification for all the cars. They're all the same underneath, essentially. <coughs> um, apart from there's some variation in the front suspension, there's some allowance, and that's but most teams have adopted the triple eight front suspension anyway because it's the best one. And so the only difference is uh, essentially are the body shapes, the body panels, and the engines. Um, well, the sorry. rest, of, the rest of the car is heavily standardised, and their control components, you know, from the independent rear suspension to the transaxle, um, to the to the brakes, which are larger, and the wheels, which are larger, and the tyres. Um, but they're all standard control components, and there's there's a control ECU engine control unit across the board. Is there a Ford? Anyone making Fords other than FPR for themselves? No. Oh, well, yes and no. Um, well, there are only six Fords in the field, and four of them are FPR made. The other two are Dick Johnson Racing, who are they've limped, they've s survived yet again their brush with death, and they've limped through the Clipsal 500. But they're an event-to-event -event proposition financially, honestly. But anyway, their, their car, as I understand it, is a bit of a hybrid. It, it incorporates a lot of FPR parts, particularly suspension and wiring, but they built the chassis themselves. But I understand, my understanding is that they, they built the chassis themselves but using the flat pack kit, if you like, from Pace Innovations or... Ele or elements of it, although they are an accredited manufacturer, so Dick Johnson Racing is one of the teams, a half dozen teams that actually can go and build everything themselves. You um, you mentioned that Triple uh, Eight appears to be the people who have got the front end sorted out and that's the select, the mm. front end that it's one would want. Being one of their clear uh, advantages. Uh, yes. Uh, do you know whether they have uh, access to a four-poster rig or more in this country, or are they sending it offshore? Uh, you're not allowed to send it offshore anymore. They used to. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Triple. There's been a restriction on that? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember they the used to send it off to Multimatic and Thetford. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they'd all done it triple eight, but most of the FPR. So is there a four-poster rig or multi-poster rig in Australia? No. Ooh, so would that not... I think... Well, there's probably four posters. No-one's got a seven-poster rig out here. That's And that's the, that's the one you really want because that tests everything. So, um, so then... On that basis, how did Triple Eight? Uh, if you can't, okay. Ludo Lacroix, if you, their chief yes, designer, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. the genius behind it. He's, but if he's you can't, set, can you send components away for testing? Do you need a full car to send away? Is there really ruling that you cannot send a car out of the country anymore? No, no, they because teams no teams. Well, they found out teams were sent teams were secretly sending cars off for seven post rig testing. In, in, that, that's, it's a very sophisticated. It's a very sophisticated chassis dyno that can simulate, you know, a car running on a track and all the forces on it. But teams are also sending their cars away and getting them wind tunnel tested. This has been going on for years. So, as a cost-cutting measure, uh, it, it seems like three years ago it might be more. Um, they banned that. But how, just like it's, how it's, it's they, illegal how to it's illegal know? to test a car in a wind tunnel in Australia. Would know? Well, they just well, if they find out, you get severe penalties. And you know the walls have ears, and and the, and the sport leaks like a sieve. So there's no way it's not going to be found out. You know, it's like the infamous, you know, 
What's yeah, their name? Yeah, the, the Woomera. T- test at Woomera with, uh, who was that yeah, ludicrous yeah, mob? Yeah, um, exactly. Team dynamic. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, well. Simon Wills. Kieran yeah, Wills. That, that was secret for about a that nanosecond. Was what, was that was, it was FBI. It was uh, a, a FBI sort of windscreens or something. Something like that. They were testing. They claimed they were testing a special film on the car for 3M that would improve the airflow. It was, it was rubbish. It's they funny were talking that about uh, stuff Simon that was used did actually by... end, end up going into the print business, buying 3M products. Yeah. And uh, in fact, he's a, a, a he's probably a, a much better designer than he is a race car driver. I, I wouldn't disagree. He's, but he is actually a good designer. Yeah, he's a I good designer. I don't want. I wouldn't want you want the viewers to be thinking that you're saying. He's not a good race car driver because he did, I think, did he not win Australia Gold Star uh, in, uh, in Open Wheelers, Formula Holden, I think, a year or so before Paul Dumbrell and Simon Kane the year before Mark Scaife about the same mm. time. Anyway, well, I'm three out of four really don't prove your point, but there you go. <laughs> He's a very good graphic designer. <laughs> yes, and he's an Adelaide. He boy. may have been a handy driver. We'll never know because it just didn't. Well, the team team was just torn apart after that. They were just run out of town on a on a uh, on a stagecoach, weren't they? Yeah, folks, you were late for dinner tonight. Um, was I? To, unless you wanted to talk a little bit more about the Ford and Holden stuff, but uh, you were late. Well, just a summary is you know Holden is dominant in numbers, and I think clearly they have a performance advantage, and there's a lot of rumblings in the pit lane that with the new aerodynamic kit has actually given them a slight advantage because it's, although it's this is all supposed to have been done with a lot of testing and V8 supercars have reached parity, or virtual parity, aerodynamically between all four cars, which is, given the disparity in their shapes and... And not having a wind tunnel test. And all, yes, well, exactly. That's a good point, Mark, that yeah. it's not been done in a wind tunnel. It's just been done with potentiometers and bits of... Well, I'm tempted to say, you know, bits of string and measurements, but that, that it's more sophisticated than that. But anyway, there's a feeling that the Commodore's aero failings, that, in, that being it, had a lot, it created a lot more drag in a straight line than the um, BF and FG Falcon that's been addressed and in fact they've been able to eke a slight advantage and you know there's certainly it is the car to beat clearly at the moment particularly if it's got anything to do with triple eight and that includes the brad jones racing cars of fabian coulsard and jason bright um coulsard particularly was very quick this weekend and just didn't finish either race but they use the triple eight front end as well in fact so do the nissans ironically um yeah, I know it's a funny game, isn't it? Um, but Ford is struggling, you know. And many people will tell you, and probably me among them, that this is Ford's last year in V8 supercars with factory support. But you know, FPR are, are up there, and if they... Well, if I were churlish, I'd say they bungled their pit stops in the second race again and shot themselves in the foot, except they don't have a foot left to shoot anymore. But they had a problem... Um, with the wheel nuts, and I think that was because they were, um, the drivers were brushing or whacking the walls or something, and it jammed the wheel nuts. So Frosty and Davo um, were put out of winning contention 
by a long pit stop. Well, Winterbottom had the long pit stop, and Davo and Davo Will and Davo Alex didn't feature all weekend. Had to had to stack. He was completely invisible. Who? Mark Winterbottom. The whole weekend he was in. Well, he was out early in the first race. No, well today they, they recovered. They finished fifth and sixth. Russell Ingle was fourth. But he got which no is, TV coverage no, at all. No, but fourth is probably... And that Russell Ingle, who's doing his farewell tour, um, he's fourth in the Walkinshaw Racing Commodore, which severely embarrassed the HRT cars out running out of Clayton as well again. Um, that's got to be Russell's, the enforcer's best result since, I'm tempted to say, and I'm pretty sure, since 2005, when he won the championship. No, he won in 2006, didn't he? No, two then five. You're after Marcus. Two then five, yeah. Okay. Well Marcus won in 2003 and 2004. Anyway, it was a big result for the enforcer. It was, and it was very pleasing. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but it embarrassed HRT because they blew out again. Mm. So Holden is the car to beat on pace and sheer numbers. And these cars are going to get better and faster the more the teams learn about them. It's early days. They are very different, you know. Jamie Wincup struggled yesterday, whereas Lowndes is right on it, because they can't adjust the roll centre, and I hate to sound like Neil Crompton or Mark Larkin, but because they can't adjust the roll centre on the run, it takes about 30 minutes to do it with a new independent rear end. Um, you have to get your set up right at the start of the race because there's very little change you can do. So yesterday, Lowndes had it spot on. Wincup was slightly off. Reverse today, Windcup had a better setup and was more comfortable in the car. Lowndes, not so much, but neither of them obviously had the setup to match what um, Van Gisbergen had. So, digressing from other folks, do yeah. you think the change of ownership at Ford with Rusty French and crew coming in see the end of any sort of dominance of Ford racing in the future? And how do you? Well, it's no longer going to be controlled by Ford. Well, it's not controlled now by Ford now. No, that's what I'm saying. So do you see a change, changing of the guard or the... Well, I think the chances of Ford renewing as their main sponsor at the end of the year... Will disappear. Yeah. ...are zero. Yeah, exactly. They claim to be confident that Ford will stay involved, but I have a laundry list of reasons why I can't see it. So I think that Rod Nash and Rusty French have <laughs> taken... Done their dough. Well, yeah, possibly, yeah. but they've certainly taken on a big risk by taking over this team. And, you know, to maximise their investment, that team's got to get up off the floor and win a championship and, and or win Bathurst this year, or else, you know, it's going to be a hard sell. But, you know, they have the resources and they have the drivers. They just have to get their act together. It's, it's a, it's a, their flaws are structural in their, in their management, not in their equipment or their engineers or their drivers. They've got everything they need to win, have had for several years. They just don't know how to, they have, are incapable of converting it. And this year they've got to do it. I mean, don't forget that, that this year, this, that team has been in existence as an FPR entity for 10 years. Now, conservatively over that 10 years, and I mean conservatively, $50 million or more has been spent on that operation. Return on investment is miserable. You know, I, I can't, you know, I could almost say that never has so much been spent to achieve so little. Well, there's definitely reasons no. why you can't. In, in recent memory. Yeah, well, for a factory back team, you know, 
Okay, let's move away. They think away. I'm mean to them, because I, I, I always give them a hard time, but you know, they're the Ford factory team. They're held to a higher standard. Well, let's they move, on, move off from V8 supercars. I think we've been... Oh, I've got talk. one we should move to. What, what, what do you guys think about Ken Block and dumping the Muscle Car Masters this weekend? I thought that was a terrible decision. Well, I don't know whether Ken Block's arrival there, and it was actually quite entertaining, it, it was at the expense of Muscle yeah. Car Masters, but I think that we probably... The Ken Block bit was, was good, but we should have had the Muscle Car Masters. For $1.2 million, it ought to be good. Is that what they Is paid that the sort of money they paid for? That's what I'm told. And you could bet your Muscle Car Masters wouldn't get anywhere near no. that to turn up. So they had to Are cut something, serious? didn't they? Put on the show. But I'm reliably informed. No wonder his PR guy had his yeah. head up his ass over it. Yeah. yeah. They paid $1.2 million to bring him out. And he did. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I was scratching my head how, to see how they organised it. I mean, why would he just, like... Randomly come out here. Did, yeah. It's not like he needs 1.2 million. And there wasn't you know. any on track. He didn't, didn't really do anything spectacular that we saw in all the clips on YouTube mm. over the years. That in the fact, track's not designed to do that sort I of stuff. I would argue that Shane Van Gisbergen did, did much better, better donuts uh, than, than on his well, better drifting, yes. yeah, and but as well on his um, you know, lap, on his yeah. slow down. I was lap. just concerned the rest of the field was going to run into him. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was throwing it he sideways, it up, and yeah. he he did some excellent donuts. He, he had that thing it. spinning around in perfect circles. I'd be ashamed if I can block. Yes. What? Folks, you were late to uh, uh, dinner tonight, which was rather excellent, because you were um, having a few little updated French lessons. <laughs> I did. Long story short, um, I arranged to have an interview with the Lotus Formula One driver, Romain, Romain Grosjean. Uh, He's a lettuce farmer. For a... Yes. Romain lettuce. Um... He, uh, uh, this is for a preview for the Age and the Sydney Morning Herald next week for the Grand Prix. So it was arranged and I was told that he would ring, he would call me, really call me, when does a Formula One driver ever call a journalist and paper it himself? But he was going to call me sometime after, uh, you know, roughly about, I think, 6.40 Adelaide time. That would have been... Uh, 6.40 Adelaide time. 9, 10... Central European time or Spain time at the final pre-season test. Anyway, I didn't hear from him, and I almost forgot about it before I left the track. You might have been getting that, and I chased that, it up. That, that sort of that, the, the 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 grizzle sorted out finally, along with Mark Webber the winning the stubble, know, the stubble. Yeah, yeah. they might have like me. The Gillette no, very, challenge, very trendy, very rugged. They do, so they do need that fixed. I swapped some emails back and forwards with the Lotus PR person, and it seemed to be agreed that because Kimi Raikkonen apparently is ill and Grosjean was going to have to take up the load of the last couple of days, or last day of testing, it would be more convenient for him and for me to talk later in the week. Anyway, I've just packed my bags and I'm about to set off. Phone rings, private number, hello, it's Roman Grosjean. So anyway, I proceed to do the interview. Had a thoroughly interesting and pleasant chat with him for 10 minutes. He was very charming. I mean, this is the guy who was villainised last year perhaps rightly so, because he did have a habit of crashing into people on the first lap and so well subsequently got banned for a race from it. But he was actually really interesting, really pleasant, and I mean, I won't go through the whole interview, but the summary was he's, like everyone, they don't quite know where they are and won't know where they are 
until they get to Melbourne and qualifying to see the relative speeds. But he's confident that the Lotus, the new Lotus is a step up from last year, and that's encouraging because last year it had incredibly good race pace. They're a bit off in qualifying, and that's why they didn't. Well, that's why they only won one race in the end, Raikkonen at Abu Dhabi. But you know, as you remember, Grosjean was very quick but very flighty last year and very crash prone. But with improved qualifying pace, and if they keep their race pace, they'll be a, they would be a powerful force. So. Hopefully we can look forward to he and Raikkonen, the inimitable Kimi Raikkonen, um, taking the fight right up to Red Bull Racing, Ferrari and probably McLaren. And, well, maybe on Lewis Hamilton's latest pace, maybe Mercedes will be up there. Last night, uh, folks, uh, you were um, a very entertaining character and I, I know what you like when the microphone's in your hand. No-one can get it off you. But uh, the, the second meaning of the new V8 Media Awards where some uh, some special awards were handed out to Ray Berghaus, uh, Will Hagen and uh, John Stoneham and, John Stoneham and uh, John Greg Evans, Evans in, uh, John in Evans, Greg Evans <laughs> former host of <laughs> a perfect match, no John Evans, the, uh, just the, the veteran just auto action V8 Supercars race reporter um, yes, well, we had the in, first in, meeting... In, 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 because Greg wasn't around. Yeah. Well, nor was John, as it turned out. That's right. And Barry Oliver is the other one who's... The, the, those five <laughs> veteran motorsport media personalities were awarded Hall of Fame status at the inaugural V8 Media Association Awards lunch last December. Uh, just following the Homebush round in Sydney, but it did. certainly yes, there was a large turn-up last night. Uh, mm. at a, oh, a double. But a very One pleasant... Double. Yeah, uh, so we, award, we oh, present, okay. I had the privilege of presenting the awards to Ray Berghaus, who is a publisher of note. A lot of people might know him for the annual Bathurst book tomes that have been coming out for many years. Will Hagen, well, he's almost the voice of motorsport in Australia and He's been a long-time on-course and TV commentator these days, best known for um, his reports and commentaries on all sorts of motorsports, two and four wheels on ABC Radio, particularly Grandstand, ABC Grandstand. John Stoner, well, needs, needs little introduction, the Adelaide-based motorsport cartoonist. <laughs> and uh, he's one of the most popular figures in, in, in motor racing and his, his uh, humorous artwork has been delighting people for, well, pretty much 40 years now. I've known John for 40 years. And um, John Evans, as I said, the, the veteran V8 Supercars race reporter for Auto Action and also probably Australia's preeminent speedway particularly sprint car journalist and publisher of a Speedway magazine, the name of which escapes me for the moment. And um, who else do we talk about? Oh, Barry Oliver, who used to be, you know, well, he was sort of the Murray Walker of uh, V8 Supercar commentary, and he was for many years the on-course commentator of V8 Supercar events. And he'll get his certificate at the Simmons Plains round because he wasn't able to make it here. So we had a thoroughly pleasant night. And... Um, a big turnout of motorsport and media at the dinner, double what we had at the initial lunch. So the organisation um, is gaining some momentum and some traction. And as I said, I was privileged to present the award to the Hall of Famers and to 
have a chat to them and talk about them a bit and then at the end of the night I was invited to give what they call the keynote speech so as you heard I just rattled on about the early days of my career and how I got in the business and uh, just to provide some sort of I don't know snapshot of how you do it and some sort of guidance for the young motorsport media out there and what I think they should do to further their careers and uh, I don't know John you were there it's not my place to say how it all went I but I had a good very, time I thought it was an extremely pleasant evening um, and uh, you know I, I, fa I found um, Motorsport, from a media perspective, very compartmentalised, and uh, I can applaud um, Craig Ravel and and, and uh, Grant Riley for trying to bring all this together. Uh, because it suddenly you, you, you see people away from the media centre or away from busy zones, or you know, otherwise everyone's scattering to an airport to disappear to another part of town or another. Mm. And and I thought that was nice, and Adelaide's a good spot to do that, folks. <coughs> to that end. I've, um, I'm going to, uh, you know, FOC put a website together for the for the, the category and, and done a couple of logos and mm -hmm. you've seen them. Yeah, and, they're and, good. Uh, anyway, see what happens. You know, <clears throat> I'm not sure how much it'll change things, but I, I think that it's a, it's a. How do we say? It could become a useful mechanism to keep people a little bit more grounded and and collaborative. Well, it's an organisation that's been needed for a long, long time and <coughs> how it hasn't happened until now is beyond me, but it's coming together. So we'll, we'll see how it works. So that wraps up a, a very big weekend for all of us and in motorsport, but it doesn't stop here. It rolls on. And there's no time for any tech or food or beverage no. because it's just... No, uh, but what there is, viewers, is um, following our little chow for now uh, is um, a bit of random messy moments that have been recorded previously on the weekend. We'll be just attacking them on the end. But for now, it's good night, viewers. Good night, viewers, and... See you all at the Grand Prix, I guess. Uh, we've got Philip Island on first. Next weekend, we've got the... Yeah, the historics. We'll historics down at Philip Island. Mm -hmm. well, thank, you, Rusty. thank you, Rusty Sausage. Mm -hmm. I'll be off to New Zealand, viewers, uh, next weekend, so we'll be away for a moment. So might be another, again, still, yes, my old dad, off into the blue sky. Really quite got my head around that, but anyway, I'm sure uh, a trip with my mum to New Zealand will be good to perhaps finalise that in my mind. But thanks for listening, and I know I sound unusually normal, but I won't be. I think next time. You've just been listening to, or you've just missed, Radio Hotline. <laughs> G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hot Lap episode 240 here from the Friday, fuck around Friday at Clipsville 500 with my regular co-host, our regular co-host JP. Hello Johnny, Mate, it's been a uh, good day? It has been a good day and uh, I, I suppose we have to apologise to the viewers that we haven't been able to do it but there's been a bit of unhappiness but... Yes, well, your poor father passing away. Not from a toenail. No. 
Not from emphysema. No. Not from cancer. Not from anything nasty at all. I think, just, I think it was just salad at lunch. <laughs> was it? I thought it was just old age. Yes, I think Poor you're absolutely right. Thought enough's enough. Anyway, on a lighter note, we've just watched a quite spectacular Ute race. From our uh, deluxe corporate box, um, just at the exit of the Sina Chicane. Yeah, courtesy of those guys. Of Gino Colombo. Gina. <laughs> Gina Colombo, beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> and Nil. Uh, yeah, that's right. But, uh, Don't forget Nil was there. But, uh, isn't it weird how... The weather has been so hot, and then suddenly we get a rain. A rainy day on the Wednesday, on yeah. set-up Clipsal Day. Yes, it was very strange, wasn't it? And the heat's rising. Yes, it's going to get warmer now for the next few days. I think it's about 31 on Sunday. Now, a couple of plates just uh, just drive past us, and, and one of them said, you bunch of poofs. Is that right? Well, it wasn't. I mean, Barrel said that the other day, and now it's... Well, Barrel always says things like that. Like. <laughs> now it's Danny Bizantic. So, do you think that's like him sort of saying, well, he actually is a cool <laughs> trying to sort of reverse psychology us? Well, possibly. There could be that to it. I don't know. Anyway, we're standing here in the middle of... Lakefield, which is, it, it, it's always, it, it never ceases to amaze me how yeah, we, it's a road we drive down it's into town, in town yeah. yet we're, we're sort of we on are. the other side of Park for Maine. Yep, and uh, watching the uh, the Ute boys all rolled back in. Um, had a bit of drama right in front of us on the box there. Up at, we're up in the box and uh, who came through? Um, Jane? Yeah, Jane Kim Jane had Kim a bit Jane of a crash there, a, and, and it was uh, the race was won by Randy Corners. <laughs> the very same. <laughs> it was. But uh, and speaking of box, um, you're going to be in the box seat in a little bit when we go up to the house of my house, the World Radio the world. headquarters, where World at HQ least a couple of dozen young ladies will be turning up to do a. Uh, a a swimsuit evaluation for uh, Becky Lamb and right. Lauren uh, McCartney. And us. Should we have to, do we have to go rush home and make scorecards? <laughs> just don't. You, <laughs> you just got to... You, we can hold them up. You just, you gotta, to, you just got to rush home. <laughs> I don't want to be rushing home. some tissues? No, no, no. I'm fine. It could be... Uh, we'll just check whether we're in park for May mode there. You're and, good, uh, You're looking well. Media? Park for May? Yeah. Media? Can we go in? Uh, media. Yes? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Cool. We're not touching the Thank you. Um, you know, Noel Edge, you'd wonder whether we come on last. He actually, has, he actually has the knowledge to drive these things. <laughs> Whatever you can. You're fucking floating, right? Now, here's the, here's the bloke that has... Hunt, hunt down the jackster. No, no, we'll get... 
Who are you going to get first, Johnny? We'll just get him a wife. Just get a wife. Stand away from the vehicle. Doing, stand away from the vehicle. Hello, mate. <laughs> Danny. Mate, um, look, it's, this is part for me. Don't touch the vehicle. Yes, no. Oh, happy new year. I oh, give you an yeah. oh, Just walk around. You can do what you want. Just act. No, it, it's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's gay it's racing. Pass, you can do it. <laughs> and we just let you. Know. I'm in this. <laughs> how you going, mate? Anyway, tell us how the day went. Oh, I'm not really good. Okay, right. See you later. No, <laughs> <laughs> go on. Oh, obviously, the restarts. Well, up a couple of spots, though. Yeah, but no, nothing, nothing, to, nothing to try and win a race with. Right. Where we were racing from wasn't worth the effort or the damage in the car. Yeah. So I just wanted to just socialise around. And yeah. whatever, bit, whatever positions we made up was a, was a bonus. You, you don't mind a bit of a boneless, do you? Boneless? We're on a boner, not a boneless. No, it's not me, no. Yeah, I'm back down here. Oh, yeah, it's Jack off. Yeah. No, Jack. Oh, just, just, um, we could just, just, we could, it would have been good to better, qualify better, actually. That would have yeah. been a better story. And I got my points taken off me for jumping the curves. Oh, uh, really? And we could have been about 18th, 17th, 18th, so it would have been better. Oh, well. Now, there's the man with the hat. Yes, there's a man like with the hat. The man eating the pears in the media centre. <laughs> at the 12 hour. You know, we saw him at the 12 hour a couple of weeks ago and he was wearing the same shirt. Hello, I'm Craig. Craig. Hello, young Jonathan. The amount of money he's on, the amount of money for you, it's paying because you well, well, mate, we did this as a community service, Danny. You know that. We're <laughs> if you call that money here. community, we're only I'll here. Up. We're only here for a community service. That's all it's about. I'll take half that money back. That's what it's about. All the positions I've made up today were people falling off. Um, oh, sounds like a normal good race to me. You've got to be in it to win it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to finish to win it, you mean? Default. So, um, who's writing excuse like notes today, mate? For whom? Everybody. On behalf of Kim Jane, I think there's a fairly big excuse about to happen from Kim Jane. Yes. So, yeah. he'll have to have a really, really good look at the uh, the race driver's manual for excuses, but I reckon it's Chapter 12, yeah. 1, Clause A, <laughs> I cocked up. So but you, I don't you, know that he'll actually admit so that. So, it's not United <laughs> Airlines, or it's not John Bow, it wasn't me. I no. don't like Spanish cars. No, 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 no. It was none of that. So, uh, uh, but other than that, you know, uh, shame that it had to end the way it did for Kimbo. But uh, very, very close at the front of the field. There's nothing between uh, Nathan Pretty and David Cedars. And then oh, no, no. I thought Randy was driving the car. I mean, I, I well, thought Nathan was... No, no, Randy's his mentor. Oh, really? Know. Randy's right. his mentor. He's the one yeah. that gets inside uh, Nathan's head and mm. gets it all to work properly. So uh, that's my understanding of how the team dynamics work anyhow. Over here, the mining magnate. I've got to get the ma I've got to get the mining magnate. Go get the mining magnate. Mate, mining magnate. Attention, attention. Hello, <laughs> 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 oh, dude. Right, Terry, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. What, what Good. the fuck? Wait, wait, well, you know, you were down the back of the field. Well, no, I mean, in, in the nicest possible way. But Kim Jane said, look, it was your fault. Yeah, somehow it's my fault. I know that can you um, can you rationalise? Uh, well, I think he anticipated me coming from behind at such a rapid rate that he sort of started. I, I did say this is gay racing. I watched the I watched the replay through the big screen on my round laps, and I think he uh, <laughs> maybe forgot his glasses that he doesn't wear. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I think his old age is starting to get to him a little bit. Uh, Look, you know, all I've ever done is come here. Oh, <laughs> the commercial director is here. Craigo, how you go? Look, fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, good wit. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> you get too much media. Well done, mate. Thank That's, you. Uh, and uh, and you, look, you, he's no relation, is he? No. You don't know him. <laughs> Who's this bloke? I don't even know him. He slides, slide, slide. Hey.
like Matty Nolan. Matty Nolan. Good day, mate. Yeah, he's, well, he's going good. Yeah. He's hanging around with you, blokes. Yeah. Mate, yeah. that was good. And uh, your alter ego obviously did the training. Well, he was on the radio to me the whole way. So, ah, so that's how he went. Telling me brake markers, oh. telling me when to brake, when to accelerate, when to turn. So basically, I could have done the thing blind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've, I've just uh, spoken to Craig Denyer and realised that actually it was uh, it was um, uh, Jerry's fault, even though he was 20, car, 20 yeah. cars back oh, yeah. because um, yeah. right. right, yeah, Kim's blinding. Oh, Kim's blinding. Oh, <laughs> you, that's the way it is. He's got to wait blame someone else. Not good. You know, I think that really the whole, and you being the commercial director of, you know, we can't talk about it specifically, <laughs> other than pushing around missing engines, um, is that really they should be a 250k race for the Utes and they should have a short race for the others. There'd be one car left. Maybe one if I'm lucky, or half a car. There'd be half a car left after 250k. Look, I'm going to go and see how Stacey Kona runs. <laughs> See you, Craig. Good luck. Thank you. Are you welcome? <laughs> and, and a quick word from your father. G'day, mate. How are you going? <laughs> Red Express. We love you. So there I am. There I am. P1. Man with number one, Nutcase Central, Royal Harris. What's happening, mate? I don't know. You tell me. Mate, um, what's your excuse today? Do oh, I have to write one? Pretty much, brewed up qualifying, and then uh, had a crack in race one, and there was a bit of a safety car, and had a had a crack on the last corner, and finished second. Kim Jane said it was your fault. <laughs> yeah, blamed everyone. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That was my fault? Yeah, but he blamed everyone else uh, as well. He's old and grumpy, man. <laughs> so Ryle's just going down after I spat on him. It's hot today. It's hot today. Ryle's going down onto the way the way station. Sorry about that, Roll. It's been a bit of a hot day, you know, spinning in your face like that. But, you know, could you could you just, like, think before you post on Instagram? Because <laughs> you're driving us crazy. <laughs> well, what am I posting, man? Everything. Oh, OK. Uh, oh, but I like the shower curtain. Oh, no, that's good. That was good. It was a quality. nice bottom. Oh, mate. Only quality you guys up on my Instagram, mate. You are a total enigma. Quality and quantity, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, our Danish friends sends your, his regards to you. Tell him we're doing for another, for another big nine. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. See you later.